May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. We continue our series in this Easter season of those who are encountering the risen Jesus. Easter is a supreme season of faith. Those who saw our resurrected Lord after experiencing or hearing about the empty tomb, as they saw him alive, it was an experience that guided them for the rest of their life. And Easter, our celebration here, for instance, is a high point of our faith with all of the music, the orchestra, the lilies that are still out there with the cross, with all of the good news that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. It is a time of high point for our faith. And then I wonder, how does that square with the fact that the church, in its regular what we call lectionary, a series, three-year series of lessons that are read on appointed Sundays, that in all three years, they include this account of Thomas. Thomas, the one that we sometimes call doubting Thomas because of his doubt, of course. But if we pay close attention to how he acted with his doubt, we can learn from it. So we're looking at Thomas, faithful doubter. Now, you could take that to mean he could always be counted on to doubt. I'm using it in a different way. He's a doubter who still remained faithful. Thomas was called the twin by his companions. Certainly, probably for the uh, obvious reason that a sister or brother was uh, born at the same time as he. But over the years, it has also come to mean that he was double-minded, so to speak, believing and yet disbelieving. There are other instances of this in the New Testament. For instance, in Mark chapter 9, Jesus encounters a father who comes to him and says, Please, come, heal my son. What's for because, because he has a demon and it gives him severe seizures, often throws him into the fire and so on. And in Mark chapter 9, I'll begin at verse 21, Jesus says to the father, How long has he had this? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Thomas was another one of those unbelieving believers. Doubt and faith often coexist in our hearts. It's a part of who we are as we, born in sin, have that tendency 
always to ask, to question, to put ourselves in the center. On the one hand, the message of Easter, the message of a risen Lord, wants to help us reach out and grasp those blessings that he gives. And yet there's something that holds us back. A wish that, if that's the case, I wish this or that would turn out differently. I wish I would know what the outcome will be of the diagnosis I just had, and that it will be favorable. I wish that COVID-19 over this last year that has so interrupted our lives would soon be gone. I wish I had a promise of that. This natural ambiguity in our lives and in our hearts is a part of that human that we are. At one and the same time, we recognize that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And yet, if he's alive, yes, he's alive, but will he? Will he work things in my life the way I want them to? Well, so often when we have those doubts, either we try just not to think about them or at least to hide them from others, but Thomas gives us courage to express our doubts as we wrestle with God. Thomas had to have courage to step up in the group of his now left 10 disciples, his 10 companions who had been with Jesus over those three years, not even his having seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, not long before the events of Holy Week and Easter, could give him the assurance that this Lord, his Lord, the one who he had come to know and love, had risen from the dead. When those times come and we wonder, does anyone know my doubts? <laughs> Thomas gives us the courage simply to blurt them out and to ask those questions. And in fact, expressing our doubts, understanding them, taking them and taking them to our Lord helps us grow and mature in faith over and over again as doubts come. When we leave them in the hands of our Lord and ask about them, we receive his blessing. Think of another set of twins, Old Testament, Esau and Jacob. Remember, later Jacob wanted a blessing from the angel of the Lord at the brook Jabbok. If you were present at any of former Pastor Lessing's uh, Bible studies, you knew that in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord was Jesus himself, pre-incarnate. Jacob wanted a blessing before he met his brother Esau, and he wrestled with that angel all night. Finally, as dawn approached, he limped, but he got his blessing. He expressed it. Our expressing those doubts is a way of penetrating to the very heart of our Lord himself. So Thomas helps us face our doubts and discover what we, what we receive from our Lord. But he does something else. 
Thomas helps us face our doubts in the presence of Christ and his followers. Over my ministry, I've often seen that someone sudden not attending worship or dropping away from Bible class is a sign of doubt. And it's that tendency we have when we think, well, everybody else in the church is so certain. Or I've heard these scriptures before, but they aren't meaning anything. The tendency is just to drop out. Thomas says, That's just the time to come to the witness, the witness certainly of the word that was written so long ago, the witness also of the saints as we would call them down through the ages, down to our modern day when we pick up a portals of prayer or a devotional book written by someone who has encountered that Lord in the word. But we so often withdraw. When Jesus first appeared to those disciples, without Thomas there, we don't know why he wasn't what had interfered, but when he appeared, he said to them, peace be with you. And he breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit, bringing them back into his fold as his disciples after every one of them had left him. Thomas wasn't there, of course. When he rejoined the apostles, he found a group that testified to that resurrection, but he found he could not believe. But, did you notice? Rather than allowing that to separate himself from the disciples, the next week he was there when our Lord came. Thomas is no skeptic, putting his hands over his eyes and cursing the dark or sticking his fingers in his ears and mourning the silence. He does not defy God. He had experienced the loss of the presence of Christ and it was painful. We recognize in him that fearful moment when a person feels he's alone without God. His words are a prayer though that God would come help not a flag of rebellion. So Thomas wasn't seeking some kind of answer to a clever riddle about God, such as, well, could he make a stone so heavy that he himself could not pick it up? No. Thomas was seeking a person, the living Christ, as the answer to his soul's hunger and need. Christ was alive. Thomas, we, Thomas and we want to know that we, what we dare for, hope for in the darkness of our human existence and questioning. Faith is about God's relationship to us rather than somehow answering intellectual questions. When we're involved then about our relationship to God and we seek his care and counsel also among others and from others, our Lord comes comes in his word, comes in his sacraments, reminds us that when he called us to himself in baptism, he put his name on us and 
He promised, you may walk away from me, but I'm never walking and turning my back on you. And so when, our, when we take our doubts to him, he is there. He answers. And we receive that person of the living Christ again. The good news is, our Lord comes to Thomas and to all of us doubters. Next time the disciples were together, Jesus came. And he addressed Thomas. Put your fingers here. Test my side. Do not be disbelieving, but believe. And through the doubts and through the questions in our lives, there comes finally that calm. Yeah. Some of you have heard me say this before, possibly in a Bible class, but there was a time in my life when this gospel spoke very, very closely. When I was at senior college here, and for you to understand Concordia Senior College and Junior College, you have to have hair the color of mine. But way back when, our synod had a senior college where Indiana Tech is now, and a, pardon me, a junior college, and then the senior college opened on the campus of what is now Concordia Theological Seminary. In my senior year of college, right after Christmas, my mom died. After the funeral, I came back. And one thing I did not want to do was to go to chapel. But by that time, they had ins if you've been on the campus, they've got this big, they call it Campanile, next to the A-frame chapel. By that time, the bell had been installed. My dorm was two dorms behind the chapel. And in the morning, that I came to know it as the, to speak of it to myself, as the infernal bell rang 10 minutes. I don't remember going the first morning. By the second, I couldn't stop. This was January. By the time I went home for Easter, the Easter hymns spoke. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. So he comes to us, to Thomas and all of us doubters. And Thomas responded, my Lord and my God, my Lord exclaiming the very thing that the other disciples had told him the previous week. We have seen the Lord, my Lord and my God, going back to an affirmation of what Jesus had said to his disciples in Thomas, to Philip in the presence of the disciples and Thomas, when he said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. His grace, his peace, and his love. God's, the Father's love, are present in that Lord. And as we have gathered today and heard his word again, 
and as we come often to this table and he gives us his living presence with the body and blood, with his body and blood, we rejoice. Doubts finally mature to faith as our Lord continues to speak to us and we remain with the word and with one another. Yes, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. May that peace of Christ that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.